We've got three movies to discuss today. Uh, we'll talk about Kevin Hart, Let Me Explain, stand-up comedy film. We'll talk about Despicable Me 2. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the big release, The Lone Ranger, with Army Hammer in the title role and Johnny Depp as Tonto. And here is my question for you, Kristen. In this movie, Johnny Depp, everyone famously knows he's wearing very elaborate makeup. He's got a crow on his head. Uh, he looks a little bit witch doctor, shaman-like. When is the last time Johnny Depp just played a guy, like a regular guy in today's society? Not not a period piece, on, not, not a pirate. Not a singing barber. Not, not a not vampire, a... not the Mad Hatter. Just oh, a guy. Just a guy. A guy I mean, in the world. Well, hold on. Is, will this count? Rum Diaries, no, that awful movie? No, because it's, it's, <laughs> per, it's a period piece and he's basically, he's basically doing his Hunter S. Thompson again. Not Pirates of the Caribbean. Not The Tourist, I don't think, because he was playing a, some kind of super spy, right? Mm. That was set in the present day, but I don't feel like that counts. Just a guy. What a about guy. that guy who has hands that are made out of scissors? I don't think that counts. <laughs> I think that's wrong. What, what about that guy who makes movies and... Ed Wood. No, not normal. I don't think I don't think that's a normal guy. Well, all right, I'll, I I I know that is not this week's trivia question. I'll 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 release that later on. I know the, the answer. You do what? Gilbert Grape. Gilbert Grape. No, that was a long time ago. Okay. The movie, I'm, the movie I'm thinking of was more recent. Was more recent than that. Do you want to know? Should I tell you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say it. Secret window. Right. Look. Silence. Dead silence. From, from <laughs> complete silence. No one knows that movie. Secret window. Yeah. Is that the same as Rear Window? I, some, somewhat, yeah. It was based on a Stephen King uh, book or story, I think. Oh, God. He plays a writer. Wow. I know. No one saw it. That's baffling. Because he was just a guy. We don't, <laughs> we don't, want, we don't want to see Johnny Depp as just a guy. All right. We'll talk, we'll talk about these issues and more uh, in just a moment. I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday. And I'm Kristen Meinzer, producer for The Takeaway. And this is Movie Date. Okay, let's start off with uh, Despicable Me 2, the sequel to Despicable Me. Uh, this is Steve Carell playing the supervillain Gru. I have accepted a new job. Whoa, really? Yes, I have been recruited by a top secret agency to go undercover and save the world. You're going to be a spy? Ah, right, baby. Gru's back in the game with gadgets and weapons and cool cars. The whole deal. Now, Rafer, I have a confession to make. Oh, yeah. I never saw Despicable Me 1. Oh, okay. I didn't see it. I tried to. I went on to Netflix. It wasn't there. It was checked out at my video oh, library. Oh, was that right? Yeah. Oh, that's very able... popular. It was a big hit. Yeah, it was huge. And a couple of my friends listed as one of their favorite movies. Um, really? And so I went into this movie thinking, am I going to be able to follow it? And then I laughed at myself and I said, oh, <laughs> of course I will. It's a cartoon. Yes, it's for children. Oh. So... That's not true. I couldn't follow it. You couldn't follow it? Okay. Can, can, uh, you, can you give us a summary of the yeah. movie, and then maybe I can ask some questions about it? I'll give you very quickly the summary. This is uh, – Gru was formerly a supervillain whose uh, who's, – his big idea was to steal the moon. And uh, – but that sort of all went haywire. 
And he somehow along the way adopted three little girls who brought out his sensitive side and he turned into a good guy. Now we find him in Despicable Me 2 as just a normal suburban dad, you know, hanging out, putting on the birthday parties, wearing a very unfashionable black turtleneck, uh, you know, <laughs> hanging out with the wives and the, and the other parents in his little suburban street when he is kidnapped by Lucy Wilde, uh, voice of Kristen Wiig who is a, an agent from the Anti-Villain League who needs Gru's help to find another mysterious, unidentified supervillain who has something up his sleeve. And together, they're going to foil the bad guy. Okay, I actually followed all that. That okay. part I did get. Okay, and, and so that plot makes sense. Here's what I don't understand. Who are all these yellow things everywhere? Oh, they're the, the minions. They're the minions. They're, they're his minions. minions, but what does that mean? Did he make them out of... Uh, magic fairy dust? Are they aliens from another planet? What are they? And why do they keep coming up on screen and ruining everything? Yes, you didn't like the minions. uh, Is that wrong? Everyone loves the minions, right? I know. Everyone loves the freaking minions. minions, And they just drive me nuts. Every time they show uh, up on screen, I'm like, oh my God. It's like the Three Stooges came in here and just took over the movie. And you know I don't like those Three Stooges. The Three three Stooges with with less creativity. Oh, they're Um, so awful and I don't understand. They're little yellow kind of, uh, they're, they're they're shaped a little bit like yellow pills, kind of like little yellow capsules or something. If you take enough of them, you feel like you're going to (laughs) die. Listen, I am no big fan of the Minions. I was no big fan of the first Despicable Me. Um, This one, however, I have to say, kind of worked on me, and I rather enjoyed it. The movie has a heart. I do have to point out something that I thought was really cute. The three daughters, they're a little bit worried that their dad grew. You know, Dad, you shouldn't be sitting. you got to get back out there and start dating. And they set up an online dating profile for him, which I think is really sweet. Right. They want him to find love. And and I love all that stuff, but every time I get into the heart of the story, then these yellow things come back again and they just take over. Well, they, I always thought, um, were a, a clever marketing uh, decision on the part of the filmmakers because they chatter. Well, first of all, they, they provide the slapstick, right? They're the, they're, the, they're the toddler they're the toddler appeal. They're all falling down, knocking each other on the head, laughing at each other. And so they have the kid appeal there. And also they talk in a, in a kind of alien non-language, which I personally think makes international dubbing for this movie much easier. <laughs> That's oh. that's my that's my personal oh. feeling on that. Yeah, way for bringing in the business into well, it. Well, you got to. I mean, come on. You know, China is about to surpass us as the number one oh, movie market, have. right? Yeah, they own so us. Yeah, you want you want these things to have broad appeal. Um, but I I do what I feel like really works here is Kristen Wiig as Lucy Wilde. I thought she was really appealing and kind of she has this she ma- she turns this one into a little bit more of like a. What would you say? Kind of a parent trap, you know? They're they're, they're kind of being pushed together by the girls a little bit, and you know, you love Lucy, you love Lucy, (laughs) Uh, and uh, it it has a little blush of romance that I think helps this movie because I thought the first one was just really, the first one was kind of seventy percent minions, and at least this one is maybe more like forty. Mm-hmm. Maybe fifty. I don't know. I. You know what? I would have said it was a really good date if it weren't for the yellow things. Yeah. Without the minions, I would have really, really enjoyed it. But they took away from it so much, so I can't. I just can't say it's a good date. You say, oh, really? I, I just can't. You know, the last one I gave it two and a half stars. This one I gave it two and a half stars out of four. I, I just thought it was kind of like a. We don't have quarter stars, but I, if, I, if I could have given it sort of two and a quarter, I would have, because I thought it was just a little better than the first one. So, you know, again, here's the thing with children's movies. 
They it's, sucked. They're, they're for children. <laughs> you know, everyone's like, my my kid liked it. Like, your kid is a kid. Your kid is five. Your kid has no taste. Right. Your, my, my kid will watch anything. So... You can just put like a little like glow stick in front of them and I, weave it around exactly. and they'll stare at it for like six hours. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, I thought it was I thought it was okay. So if you've got kids out there, this one would be, I think, more tolerable. Okay. Well, let's talk about another movie. I didn't get to see it, but you did. It's called Kevin Hart Let Me Explain. That's correct. All right. Here's the beautiful thing about me feeding pigeons. When I was done feeding the pigeons, I didn't have to lie about it. See, when you marry, you lie about it like that because you don't believe, as your wife would ever believe, that you were doing something as dumb as feeding some pigeons. So that's your favorite stand-up comedian right there. I just can't Kristen. stand him. It's just so not funny. <laughs> Why don't you like he's him? He's so not funny because, well, when I see him in movies, he's mostly the guy who just, much like the Minions, just shows up and starts making a bunch of noise, a huge racket, and I'm like... I don't care. We're, who let this insane person in who's just here to yell? And you didn't and like him. And then repeat what he's yelling. It's like, <laughs> right. you know, that's really what it is. Like, are you going to eat all those eggs? All those eggs? <laughs> and that's pretty much his whole shtick. I'm yelling and then I'm repeating what I just yelled. And then maybe I'm going to run into things in a circle and my pants are falling off. And, oh, God, he's just it's well, such a low brow humor that I just don't appreciate at all. I think then you should not see this film because this is just 75 minutes of his stand-up routine. Um, yeah, the first time I ever really saw him uh, in a major role was in Think Like a Man. I which, love that movie. Right, but you hated him. I, every time he was on screen, he was like the Minions. <laughs> Again, just like those damn Minions. I liked him and I thought he was very funny. He was, I thought he was a good addition to the, to the cast and so... This was going to be, for me, and probably maybe for many viewers, I think this is his widest release film yet. He had a previous film that was released in a smaller number of theaters. Um, for a lot of people, it, you know, it, this could be their introduction to him. Um, I think the problem is, you know, if you don't know Kevin Hart, he's, you know, he's, he's pretty popular. He's not a Jerry Seinfeld. He's not a Chris Rock. But he's got a really strong, strong following that he's built up over the years with tours and television appearances. Um, I discovered he has an app that he stars in his own little um, video game app called oh. Little, little Jumpman. Yeah, let's keep so that away from my phone. Download that, Kristen. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, so he's got this really strong following. I, I, but I think the film makes such a huge point of saying, look, look how successful Kevin Hart is. You know, here's some fans in Oslo saying, Kevin Hart, you're awesome. Here's some fans in London. Kevin Hart, oh, you're awesome. Come back to London. We love you. Here's some fans in Vancouver. Hey, Kevin Hart. It's, you know, kind of over and over and over. He interviews his friends. You know, Kevin Hart is so loyal. He's such a great guy. Well, yeah, you know, right. You're on his payroll. What are you going to say? So a lot of it is this self-aggrandizing pump up. You know, Kevin Hart, show us, prove to us what, a, what an incredible talent Kevin Hart is. And this movie is, is two, taken from two back-to-back sets he did at the Garden. Um, it's no small feat for a stand-up comic to play the Garden. That's a, that's a big deal. That's huge. There, the there's a handful, a handful of stand-up comedians that I think can, can hold the Garden. Um, but his material this movie, and I don't know if it's the editing or what it is, but the material is just really weak. It's really jumbled and disjointed. And I think all the self-aggrandizement that comes before it makes you expect that you are going to see the next Eddie Murphy's Raw or, you know, the next Chris Rock performance. And it, some of it's funny, but it's not – it's just very disjointed and it doesn't really hold together. And, you know, the movie's only 75 minutes long and at the end you kind of think – that was it. That's 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 what the big deal is about 
Kevin Hart, I'm not really sure I'm buying it. Um, mm, you so, don't need to explain. I don't need, ah, I don't need to yes explain, I Kristen. No, I didn't. Yes, uh, I did. You know, the, the, I will say, in fairness, the screening I was at, people were howling. People loved it. Probably Kevin Hart fans, you know, probably already it was converts. all his family sitting in the same <laughs> press screening <laughs> as you. And all his friends. Kevin Hart is so loyal. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, for me personally, I felt the film was a bit of a mess and sort of didn't really make a case for Kevin Hart. Um, so, eh, not great. Not a great date, I would say. This you, is the date you bring somebody on if you want to break up with them. <laughs> <laughs> or me. If, if you I want to break up with me. Say, if I wanna, the, day, the day I take you to a Kevin Hart movie, that's when you'll know, Kristen. It's over between us. The relationship us. is over. Oh, oh, Kristen. Well, thankfully, hopefully, there will never be another Kevin Hart movie. That's not true. There will be. I'm there, sure there will, will be. be. All right. It's time for us, though, to get to the piece de resistance, the the big, 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 delicious movie that needs to be talked about. The one that people have been anticipating now for five years, I think, is when they announced this in 2008. Boy, was that, is that that long ago? Yeah, yeah it's maybe been you're so right. long since they announced this movie. I'm talking, of course, about The Lone Ranger. Eyes cut by the bullets that killed him. From the great beyond, he will protect you. And the ones you love. You want me to wear a mask? The men you seek think you are dead, Kimosabi. Better to stay that way. Okay, that's uh, Johnny Depp as Tonto, Army Hammer as John Reed, who will become the Lone Ranger. That's right, and we have a special guest to help us talk about this movie today. We have Rick Chavoya, who serves as the Education and Development Officer at the American Indian Community House in New York. He also consults with a number of organizations and educational institutions on issues of diversity and social justice. He also used to be one of the smartest people at NYU, which is how I learned about him, because I used to work at NYU also. And uh, I have to point out also, unlike Tonto... He is not Comanche, uh, San Pasquale Band of Mission Indians in California, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, Umie. all right. Excellent. So, but we have Rick here with us today because we want some help talking about this movie, interpreting some things, dealing with Tonto in particular. Yes, um, Tonto. So, fa- famous, famous. I think low point in the in the representation, perhaps of of, of Native Americans on uh, on screens, big and small. And I think this film is trying, in many ways, uh, and at least has tried in its in its pre publicity campaign to correct some of that, and I think try to endear itself uh, to Native Americans. So, Rick, you've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, what what maybe I should ask? Maybe I should go back a little bit. Tell me what your initial thoughts were when you first saw Johnny Depp as Tonto, because they sure hyped that up. There are a lot of stills that the, that the studio is releasing. And tell me what ultimately you thought of his performance. Well, it's interesting because you, you touched on the theme already that Johnny Depp doesn't ever play a real character, a real person per se. It's more of a caricature. So when I first saw it, I thought, well, this is Johnny Depp. He's, he's, he's sort of putting together a lot of roles and, um, and again, kind of going somewhere into his costume closet yes. <laughs> and coming out with this and he doesn't have to really sort of humanize a character the way he is. So it was hard to critique it flat out as being something in relation to Native American representation because it's Johnny Depp just doing another caricature. Right, like the Mad Hatter or exactly, something. Exactly, yeah. So, But unfortunately what, what was troubling about it when I saw it was that we have so many – we have so few opportunities to be represented in movies – 
that it does have a bigger impact when someone does represent uh, a Native American person. So I was, that's all to say, I was very um, you had cautious con- yeah. <laughs> going into it. Let's talk about some of these other things, Rick, the makeup and uh, the bird on his head. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about how Johnny Depp looks in this movie. Uh, did you have issues with that? or uh, A little bit, but then, you know, I'm not Comanche, and they had Comanche uh, advisors. And um, if, if I mean, I hate to say it, but that's, that's – Comanche people would be the ones that would have to make a call on whether there was any authenticity regarding his – what he was wearing or, you know, how he spoke and things like that. I think generally, though, it seemed, it seemed to me somewhat stereotypical. But, I mean, it was still sort of that halting, broken English um, that you have heard f- for decades, you know, that natives but speak. And he does. He, he speaks a little bit of Comanche. Um, uh-huh, I guess uh-huh. he's, he learned some. And he, and he talks about that. I mean, you probably know Johnny Depp toured quite a bit and went around to native reservations and and did quite a bit of adopted yeah, as, had, as an honorary yeah. Comanche yeah. so I had quite a bit quite a few conversations so I, I know he was trying to connect with native communities but one thing that I that I felt was an overriding issue that is often in these films is that we were still historicized for the most part um, and and it, it it's difficult to find a, a major mainstream film about us today Mm-hmm. And we talk about that a lot because I work at the American Indian Community House, and we have <laughs> we have over a hundred thousand Native people in the New York area. Uh, so we are, we live in New York City, we live all around the country, we live all around the continent, we live all all around the world right now, <laughs> and we do all kinds of things. And there's all kinds of really fascinating issues. There's a really troubling issues. There's great achievements. There's all kinds of things going on in modern Native America that it's very difficult to get on film. Uh, oftentimes, if we are, if our if our modern if our modern life is portrayed in films, it's either documentary or it's it's more of a of a of a independent film or yeah. some, something of that nature. A blockbuster like this really pretty much always historicizes us, as as this one did. The only kind of modern reference to us was Johnny Depp's character, Aged, in the museum uh-huh. with a little boy talking to them, which is. Still know, 1933. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's if you want to call that modern, and then and then he walks off into you know as as we often do, which is also problematic. The ending is sort of just walking off into nowhere, right? And we didn't walk off into nowhere. We we walked off into all sorts of professions and all sorts of lives and all sorts of cultural activities and all sorts of all the things that we do now. So we you know to kind of the, the idea of us walking into this void as it sort of infers at the end of the film as he just kind of walks across this vast monument valley is is also a, very typical it's hollywood really loves that i think they love the idea of costume mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. is part of it i think uh spectacle and so on but i also think hollywood just has a really hard time with non-white non-anglo identities mm-hmm. and i mean it, this whole thing you were just saying rick about uh, Native Americans are alive right now, doing things now. I mean, I can only think of one or two movies even that I was include just that, like Smoke Signals. Smoke Signals and Frozen River. Those yeah, are like, those are almost part, the only two I could yeah. think of off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, likewise, me too. I mean, can you think of other ones, really? There are other ones, and, and, and that's why I differentiated between sort of certain kinds of films. Yeah, it, it's, mainstream. I'm, I'm particularly talking about sort of the blockbuster you know, big budget kinds of films because those are definitely neither one of the ones you mentioned are big budget films. No. 
and they were run in, as far as I know. I don't know the entire distribution, but they they seem to have been distributed more limitedly than oh, yeah, than, yeah. than yeah. something like a Lone Ranger will be. Yeah. So those are both art art house. Yeah, more so, circuit. more so. Smoke Signals definitely got uh, picked up momentum. Yeah, yeah, and Frozen River did get an. Was it an Oscar nom? Yeah, it, I think that's right. Was that for Melissa Leo? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. it got it got on that level, an artistic level, and and that's not on that's on that's not a, entirely unusual either. Mm-hmm. But again, it's almost one of those nods from the Oscars that we we need to kind of recognize a smaller film, if you will, a smaller mm-hmm. sort of independent film. That's what it feels like to me that they're that they're doing that. Like this is, this is our chance to be sort of artsy and smart, you right? Know? Um, <laughs> right. And so you know, sorry for my cynicism, but. It's just we've been dealing with this for a long time, and and the issue that's sort of embedded in that is that we don't get that many chances. So when when we do get on a blockbuster like this, that's why I think it it's in a sense maybe hyper examined by native people, and mm-hmm. why it's become such a big conversation within the native community because we don't get that many chances in a in a really large um, production film like this to have portrayals of our life whether it be past or present, and then have somebody who's portraying. Which, by the way, is another thing I found problematic is that, as with most films, we may get one main character, like a Johnny Depp, which that's a whole other issue whether he's native or not, but that's another thing to say that. He does self-identify as, as yes, part Cherokee. Part Cherokee. Yeah. Or part Creek. Or part Creek. He said, uh, he's, oh. he, he said both. Yeah, but, and then he says, maybe. Yeah, yeah. right. Well, yeah. you know. Yeah, he, he himself sort of leaves it a little a little bit ambiguous. But um, but but that aside, uh, he's really the only Native character in a film that has a whole lot of other characters yeah. that have a lot of complexities to them, both good and bad. Even the villains are, are more complex. Yeah. Um, so and, and, and the only scene that has Native speaking is the one, as you remember, in the teepee. Yeah. And that still seems more or less like a cameo appearance. And that's typically what happens as well is that we get sort of this, we get cameo eyes. Sorry if I used eyes with everything, but that's, <laughs> that's kind of my thing. We get historicized, right. we get cameoized. It's 2013. Everything, yeah. Everything's an ism. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and we, so we get this sort of, this sort of cameo uh, relegation oftentimes. And then maybe one character that, that does, that what's absent from that character is also pretty much always consistent in the bigger films. There's, we don't have a love interest. There's no romance involved. You know, True, we don't, no we don't, we, don't, we don't fall in love. We just sort of, we're just out You're there. You're there for wisdom, yeah, though. You're right. there to impart wisdom <laughs> and to save white people yeah, yeah. or maybe kill white people right. or well, be I, slaughtered by white people. I do yeah. feel like this film is, it's, uh, you know, I think, the, I think the film is trying to f- turn a few things upside down mm-hmm. by making Tonto the smarter the smarter one, the, right. the the driving force behind everything. He, do, you were talking about the pigeon English, which he does do, but he also slips in and out of it. I think in a in a way that when I think he speaks pigeon, what he wants people to think he's dumb, and then goes into full blown re- regular correct English when he's actually speaking with the Lone Ranger yeah. many times. But I know what you're saying. I think what's interesting is that um, uh, I you know it's a western. People tend not to like. Westerns, and they tend not to go to them. And um, this one may be another case of that. The reviews that are coming in have been atrocious. The, the, really? the, the film has got like a 20-something rating on, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes right mm. now. It is being trashed by mm. people. Um, I don't necessarily think because of the Native American issue. I think because it's not good. You- <laughs> 
Did I just mm. say that? You that's like another. It. That's I, a Kristen. That's a whole other issue. Whether it's good or not, <laughs> right? You know? Right. I have to point out also, it's two and a half hours long, yes, it and is. a lot and a lot of your classic westerns are very long. Are very long. Mm-hmm. They're like being on that wagon train, just like oh, day after day after day after day after day. Yeah, and, yeah. How um, the West is one is like nine hours or something. <laughs> right, so it right. just goes on forever. Everybody so grows you, up and dies, and you feel like you. Yeah, I grew up with you, and I, you know, and now I'm, I'm going to die too. with you. Yeah. Did you, did you guys? Did you guys both feel that way? Because I'm going to say, I, I apparently I'm the only critic that rather liked the movie. Wow. I, yeah, I did. I, I really, I, I rather enjoyed it. Oh no, I'm, I'm going to say for overall, I, I, I have to admit, I, I don't know how where I fall in liking it or not liking it. Yeah. But I didn't mind sitting through it. Okay. I, I, I could, I could, I could <laughs> okay. sit, I could sit through it. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't entirely, I wasn't fidgety. Yeah. Um, there was something engaging <laughs> enough about it. Yep. I'm, I have to confess, too, I, I, I did find it somewhat entertaining. And Kristen, um, you know. You, you, no, it's not that I didn't find it entertaining. I felt that this is a Disney movie, it's an adventure movie, and there are times where I just felt it dragged. It didn't have to be two and a half hours long. I think sometimes true. they're trying so hard to make the Lone Ranger a round, three-dimensional character. They don't want him just to be a cartoon. They want him to be full and rich, and they want the same thing for Tonto. You want to see the mistakes they've made. You want to see the ways they're trying to fix the past. And I, I get that, and I really appreciate that they tried to do that. But the points where the movie really sings to me are, you know, some of those train chases. Like there's The trains, the train yeah. sequences are, are great. And that's what you want with the Lone Ranger. Yes. The Lone Ranger is all about, look, we're chasing. Oh, no, we're going to go through a tunnel and we're both on the <laughs> right. top of the train punching each other. Oh, Sil- no, I'm going to... Silver gonna... is leaping over the rooftops. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to jump off the train and Silver's going to be waiting for me. Yeah, and it's then, great. Yeah, it's like that's like... And, and I think more of that would have been great because I felt that the movie was almost bookended by moments like that. And then there's yes. just a long, long section in the middle <laughs> of two men just telling each other their problems and just I'm a man and you're a man and here's another thing I did wrong in life but you know I'm maybe I'm in denial or maybe I'm making it better but we're two men who are going to help each other be better men and it didn't need to be two and a half hours of that and then I you know I I I thought it was um I thought it was uh overstuffed and over over ambitious. I think it's trying to be way too many things. It's a it's a kid friendly movie. It's extremely violent. It's kind of sexual. It's it's melancholy. It's uh, it's it, it hits hard, but it also pulls its punches. A lot of different stuff going on. But I thought it was really imaginative, really richly detailed, um, and I really enjoyed it. So overall, you would call it a good date. I would then, call. Rayford. I gave it three out of four. I thought I thought it was a pretty good date. And Rick on the good date bad date scale, I'd I'd say a two, and and it's because of what you said. I think it's all the things you said actually get it. It does it part of what, and I get what you're saying too, Kristen. It does bog down because there's it's trying to have too many things in it. So you're saying mediocre date. Rafer's saying good I'm date. Saying, I'm saying pretty good. Yeah, and I'm saying. Eh. I, I, I actually might be just a little bit below you, Rick, as far as where it falls on the date yeah. scale. It's not the worst date, not the best date. You know, I, I would have liked it to be more snappy, but we have run out of time. So we have to just say goodbye to you, Rick. But Rick, thank you so much for being here again. Rick Chavoya, he serves as the Education Development Officer at the American Indian Community House here in New York. Rick, thank you so much for being with us Thanks, today. Rick. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Kristen, let's do trivia. Uh, 
Do last week's. Tell us what last week's was. Oh, last week's. First, I have to point out we got so many correct answers. And you didn't even know this trivia uh-uh. question nope. or answer. So last week we were talking about The Heat, starring Melissa McCarthy and uh, Sandra Bullock in a buddy movie, a female cop buddy movie. And we started talking about female cops and the movies and couldn't come up with too many. Really, yeah, right, there weren't any. Right. <laughs> but TV has had a ton of female cops. So our trivia question was, name a female cop on TV. And here's the important part. The actress who plays her is the daughter of Jane Mansfield. And ton of correct answers, but I have to point out so many of the people who called in admitted they could not pronounce the name correctly. <laughs> so uh, here's the first answer that came in where the name actually was pronounced perfectly. Hi, Kristen and Reefer. This is Lynn from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I love the Movie Date podcast from The Takeaway. Calling to answer this week's trivia question. The answer, the actress that you're looking for, Jane Mansfield's daughter, who plays a cop on television, is Mariska Hargitay, who plays Olivia Benson on Law & Order Special Victims Unit. Thanks a lot. All right. Lynn from Philadelphia. She even got the little, the little shh on yeah. the Mariska. Yeah, Mariska Hargitay. I always pronounce it Mariska. Ah, Sorry. Yeah. Love her. Love Mariska Hargitay. And, uh, um, thanks for calling in, Lynn. So great job, Lynn. And, and great job, everyone else who called in, especially you folks who just stumbled over the pronunciation <laughs> but tried your best anyway. Trying your best. That's all you can do. So what's this week's question? This week, um, we're talking about the Lone Ranger and uh, Native American issues. Obviously, uh, we were saying uh, it, frequently it's the, the role of the Native American goes to some Caucasian actor. Um, but we're going to play a clip of a film in which the Native American role actually went to a Native American actress. Here it is. That tree is talking to me. Then you should talk back. Don't be frightened, young man. My bark is worse than my bite. Say something. What do you say to a tree? Anything you want. Name that film. Name that actress. If you can do it, give us a call. 5717 Movies. Or log on to Facebook.com slash Movie Date Podcast. I'm an Indian outlaw. Half Cherokee and Choctaw. My baby, she's a Chippewa. She's a one of a kind. All my friends call me Bear Claw. The village cheating is my pawpaw. He gets his orders from my mama.